0: ELC Radio. Hey family, what's going on? This is Pastor Cruz Ramirez with Abundant Living Faith Center from El Paso, Texas. This is the podcast that's going to help you love God and lift up. others. Imagine with me for a moment what could be. Imagine a world where men lead in their marriages, where men lead in raising their children, where men lead in protecting those who are weak and oppressed. It is the most important journey you could possibly be on. Men of ELC join us for Kingsman, the second Friday of each month at 7 p.m. Iron sharpens iron. Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another Elevated Message. Here's Senior Pastor, Sergio Lamone. My, my, Lord! turn into John ten ten, and we've been talking about crooks thieves and thugs amen crooks thieves and thugs and we've been in this series and, and the motivation for this series is uh that we're want to we want to deal with things that are stealing from our lives and uh we started this series a couple weeks ago then last week we had Pastor Andre with us how many of y'all enjoyed Pastor Andre? Amen. Praise God. Yeah, he was so good. Uh, we had a great night at team night for everybody that serves in the ministry. We had a, a, close to 100 volunteers come out. and We all ate uh, In-N-Out Burger together, and we all got to really just hear from Pastor Andrev about taking this church to another level, and it was really, really good. But before that, uh, we started this series, Crooks, Thieves, and Thugs. And one of the things the Lord put on my heart is something that I deal with a lot when when I travel around the world or in different places, and I see Christians that go to church, but they're not experiencing the God kind of life that we're supposed to experience. Now, let's look at John 10. Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. They're sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep don't listen to them. I am the gate. And what Jesus is talking about here, he's talking about other voices. Whether you knew it or not, before you came to Christ, you were listening to somebody. Somebody was was influencing your life. Can I get a good strong amen on that? For some of y'all, it was Mac Dre. He was teaching you how to have the thiz face. Come on. He was teaching you how to get hyphy and all that kind. Of, that, that was your voice, maybe. Or, you know, for some of you, it might have been uh, your parents or your culture. Your culture was speaking to you about how to be a man, what it is to 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 be an attractive woman, all those things. Jesus addresses these voices and he says, don't listen to these. He said, I'll be straight up with you. I'll be explicit. I'm the gate for the sheep. In other words, the children of God. All those others that are trying to influence your life, uh, they're sheep stealers, every one of them, but the sheep didn't listen to them. Here's the awesome thing. When you follow the Lord, it says that we know his voice. We don't listen to the voice of Hollywood, the voice of politics, the voice of culture. We listen to the word of God. But look what it says here. But the sheep didn't listen to them because I'm the gate. And anyone who goes through me will be cared for. Did y'all hear that? Anyone that comes to Christ will be cared for. Yet we still got people that deal with anxiety. We still got people that are worried about how you're going to get through life. Let's keep going. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. Will freely go in and out and find pasture. And here it is. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come. So that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that there's power in the word. We're not simply hearing a talk like something on TED Talks. But Lord, we're hearing the word of God being given. And you said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we ask today that you would strengthen people's faith, that you would do miracles through the message today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So, so there, Jesus is being very clear. There's things in your life. There's a thief, and he's coming to take from you. He's not your friend, amen? He's not, he's not there to just make your life better. He's there to take things. He's literally there to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you real and eternal life, more and better life than you could ever dream of. If you've got any kind of sense, you've got to learn how to listen to his voice. Now, I say it real clear like that, but it's not always that easy. Because some of you have been in church two years, three years, five years, six years, ten years. Some of you have been raised in church, but you don't think like God yet. You still think like the world. Some of you know God, know about God but you still view life through the lens of those other voices. How many know what I'm talking about? American culture tries to tell us how to think. American culture will try to tell you what your life should be like. That's why the millennials of this generation right now struggle with depression more than any other generation that's ever been. They struggle with suicide. They struggle with self-hatred and uh, they're struggling with all these things. Why? Because the voice that is speaking to them is the voice of comparison. Social media. Come on. You get up, you're feeling yourself until you get on Instagram. And then you see how better somebody else looks than you. Or how someone's going to a better job than you got. Or they're driving something that you always wish you could have. And all of a sudden, your self-esteem just goes... That's because you're listening to the wrong voice. And we've got to start elevating the word of God above every other voice. The word of God should take uh, prevalence over how you were raised, your culture, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're black, white, whether you're Asian. Listen, all of our cultures have things that go against God's word. And we need to make a decision. I made a decision long ago. I may be Latino, but I'm first Christian. First. So if there's anything in my culture that contradicts God's word, I'm choosing God's word. Oh, but you're not a real Mexican then. No, hey, I'm a real Christian though. Because when we face Jesus, he's not coming and looking for nationality when we get to heaven. He's coming looking for citizenship with the kingdom. And there's a way the kingdom operates. There's, there's, there's things that the kingdom views that are different than American culture. American culture is going to tell you it's okay to have premarital sex. It's okay to live how you want to live. Do you, boo? That's some of y'all's philosophy. I'm just doing me. But did you know doing you could send you down a path of destruction? And so we've got to make some distinctions here. I got to to listen to God's voice. I got to listen to God's voice. So the first week we talked about this, we talked about dishonor towards God. That was the first crook. That was the first thief in your life. And that we talked about, you can go back and listen to that message from a couple weeks ago. That's when you love God. We get it. You love God. You're in church today and you're always in church. No one's questioning your love. But what can be questioned is how much you honor God. Because honor can be measured. Honor is measured by your obedience. And you can love God. It's not a love issue. But what is an issue is your honor towards him. And when you obey the Lord, he receives that as honor. And that's when rewards come into our lives based on honor. Honor has a reward. And we've got some people. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to church. But they don't honor God. That's like I was saying during the offering. You come to church, but do you sing? Do you lift your hands? Do you praise? Well, you came, which says you love him, but you didn't give him no honor. And then you wonder why you walk out of here empty handed. Did you bring him an offering into the house of God? Do you give him the tithe? Do you honor God or do you make excuses? Well, the Lord understands. He understands. It's a tight month right now. You know, I had some bills come up, you know, no, no. You know what he, he understands that you're allowing circumstances to take his honor. Right. And so I know people, I know people have been in church all their life. They still don't give. I know people who go to church. They don't worship. So you know what that is? Dishonor. And you know what dishonor does? Steals your blessings. It's the equivalent of the guy at the lunch table that would come and steal your lunch money every day. You had the lunch money, you could have got the pizza snack. You could have got the burrito. But he came every day, punked you, snatched your lunch money. Now you over there at the eating them crackers. You over you, the guy in the front of the line. Hey, you got a quarter? You got a quarter? Y'all remember that guy? Every school had that, dude. Some of them, some of you was you. It was you, I remember you. Amen. Hey, man, you let me get a quarter, man. You got a quarter? It's the equivalent of that. So every day you get a blessing, but you allow dishonor to take it from you. And this is what happens when Christians live how they want to live. They live how they want to live. They don't honor God's word. God's word says something, don't do this. I, I, he's cool. I'm, I got grace. I'm covered. See, you, you, you're messing it all up. And because of that, you're going to have your blessings robbed. So we talked about that. Go back and listen to that message. But today I want to talk to you about uh, uh, something else that is a crook and a thief in your life, and that is an unrenewed mind, an unrenewed mind. It's understanding that this thing between, on your shoulders, inside of your skull, this brain of yours, it has to be renewed. The word renewed means it has to be made new because the, 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 the stuff that's in it, is destructive without God's, word, without God's word in it. In today's vernacular, the mind is simply the computer of your being. And the computer functions. The computer is not evil. It simply functions based on the programs that are downloaded into it. Come on, somebody. Amen? amen. Some of y'all got an evil computer at home. Because you've been downloading stuff. You ain't supposed to be downloading in that. Some of you are like, oh, how does he know? How does he know, Pastor? Now, listen, that's the truth. I mean, if you're downloading things into, into it and making the content bad, it corrupts the computer. But if you put good stuff into that computer, that computer can do incredible things. Your mind is the same way. And for many of us, you have an incredible tool, but it's unrenewed. Look what Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 says, It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Here it is by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the second crook that you got to understand here that's going to try to steal from you is an unrenewed mind. The reason why a lot of Christians aren't experiencing the God kind of life is because they have not learned how to think different about this life. They're, you're still operating on old downloads. You've got to understand that God's word sees things different. The Bible says this, his ways are not our ways. So what that, what that denotes is the fact that we've got to learn his ways. You don't just know them. We got to learn his ways. And where do we learn that? Through the word of God. And when, in the process of doing that, the mind is renewed. It becomes new. And there's stuff in our mind that we got to get out. Amen? I know one of the things I had to get out when I was 19 and gave my life to Jesus, I had to get out wrong downloads about how I viewed women. Come on, somebody. Amen? Some of you men? All of you men? Got to get rid of that stuff. Because you got people preaching to you all the time. You got your favorite rapper preaching to you. You got movies preaching to you. You've got TV preaching to you. You got the homies preaching to you. And what they're telling you women are for are sexual pleasure. Got real quiet in this Baptist church. And and those programs and downloads... Even though we can't see them, they're there. They're there. And guess what? They're going to cause you problems down the road. They're going to cause you problems down the road. They're going to cause you not to be able to relate to the gift that a woman is. Amen? See, in the world, a woman is subservient to the man. In the world, it's even worse in other cultures. Amen. It's worse in other cultures. Latino culture. Oh, it's bad. Right. Oh, I'm I'm touching something. Y'all. I'm not going to say amen to that. (laughs) You know, it's true. African-American culture. There's views there that we've got to get rid of. Asian culture. We've got to confront those things with what? The word of God. And we've got to renew our minds to those things. See, we've got young men growing up right now with an unrenewed mind, and they think it's okay to have a bunch of girlfriends. They think it's okay to have something that we have in our vernacular in American culture, a chick on the side. See, the fact that y'all know what that means tells us it's permeated our downloading system already. Because we even have a term for it, a chick on the side. Amen. So when we when we have terms it's because we all understand what that is. So what has to happen? A guy has to get saved and he's got to undo all those downloads. And we've got to listen to the voice of Jesus. Cuz Jesus said I'm the only voice that's going to give you eternal life. I know what they're telling you on the news. I know what society's telling you. About sex and you can be any kind of sex you want to be. I hear I know that's what they're saying. But the sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. Some of y'all need to get up under that voice. Because, man, you're up under another voice and that voice is not going to lead you to the place where you're cared for by the shepherd. It robs from you. And so we got to learn how to renew our mind. Amen. Amen. Because that's the only place we can be transformed. It's the only place. Without it, guess what happens? This is what begins to happen without getting your mind renewed. You stay in the condition that you're presently in with the result of all those downloads. This is why you got anger issues. And they're not going away. Can I just tell you something? Some of those anger issues ain't going away with an anger management class. They ain't going away. Because those downloads are so deep inside of you. But if you can learn to renew your mind, you'll stop blowing up at people. You'll stop going off on people at Walmart because they got the last patty pie. You all mad. You gonna fight somebody. You all see those uh, footage from the uh, uh, Popeye's chicken? I was watching them hoping I didn't see somebody from Elevate Life there. Lord, don't let nobody from Elevate Life be fighting over a chicken sandwich, <laughs> praying in tongues while I'm watching it. Because I know some of y'all. I know some of y'all. I know some. Of, I know my people. Amen. But listen, why do, why do people do that? Unrenewed minds. Unrenewed minds are going to keep you angry. That's why some of you, he hasn't came yet. Some of you single ladies, he hasn't came yet because you got to renew that mind. Because if he comes, you'll jack him up. You'll try to fight him just because you think he's cheating. Then you're raising kids and they're seeing fights in the house. Unrenewed mind. And yet you go to church every week. I've seen it. I've seen it. Some of the meanest people you ever encounter be in church. Because it's not a love issue. It's a heart issue. Thank you, Emily Vane. She's trying to help me preach today. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you have to understand that if you don't renew your mind, it's going to steal from you going to take the blessings that God has come to give you. Amen. Amen. We've got to learn. We got to learn something here. Uh, An unrenewed mind. We got to. What what we're trying to undo is all the things Satan's downloaded into our minds through the years. When you read about Matthew chapter four, when you read Matthew chapter four, uh, verse three through 10, it's the story of Jesus. The only time he faced Satan face to face. Face to face, y'all. This was the battle of the ages Jesus leaves heaven, leaves the throne room, puts on an earth suit, comes through uh, the birth uh, canal of Mary, comes into the earth, grows up, reaches 30 years old, and the Holy Spirit takes him out to the desert. It is the thrilla in Manila. Come on. It is the rumble in the jungle. All right. And here it is face to face. Probably hadn't seen each other face to face since Satan was cast out of heaven. And they're facing off. And it's time to go to blows. Now, if you and I would have made this movie, we'd we'd have saw them shooting lasers at each other, you know. Oh, Jesus. You know, you're watching too much Dragon Ball Z, homie. Watching too much Dragon Ball. But that's not what happened. Here's how they fought. Y'all ready for this? Here's how they fought. Satan throws words. Words. He doesn't use demonic power, hypnotism. He doesn't call these big old demons like you see in the movie Hellboy. We're going to fight Jesus. They don't go to doing UFC in the desert. He says this. If you're really the son of God. Turn these stones into bread. Fight of the ages. You would think Satan is going to pull out his most powerful weapon against the Son of God. Well, guess what? He did. And he does the same thing to you. And he's doing it every day. He's simply coming and saying, if. If you're the Son of God. That's what we, he, that's what he did to Jesus. If you're really the Son of God, guess what he was—guess what he was doing right there. He was trying to get Jesus to doubt his identity. He does that to you guys all the time. Y'all don't know who you are because you're still listening to the wrong voice. They used to call you a hood rat. Some of y'all are going, "Not me. I ain't calling me that. Pastor, you are talking to me?" Oh, somebody in here heard that term before. Fill it in my spirit. (laughs) Whatever they called you. You're not that. Yeah, 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 I know. Then why you go to where they congregate at? Why do you still act like you are? Why do you sound like one? Why do you dress like one? Are you tracking with me? Just because you won't admit that you think that about yourself, that doesn't mean you don't think that about yourself. Actions always dictate what you believe. Actions always dictate what you believe. And some of us, we still believe in the wrong thing. That's why we can't pick new friends. That's why we still hanging with the old crew, the old clique. That's why we still do what we used to do. Because you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. And you come into church and you, you, you kind of still feel like you don't fit here. Even though the whole purpose of this church is to make room for whoever wants to come through those doors. I don't wear a tie and a suit for a reason, because they said the number one reason people don't go to church when they were polled, they said, because they don't have church clothes. Cool. You don't need them. Come to church here. Put your Raider gear on and come to church. I would say Niner gear, but I heard they stopped selling that uh, after last season. I thought I heard something about they stopped. I don't know. Now you know I got niner love because my Raiders are leaving anyway, so but we took away that excuse. You come in anywhere you any way you want. You want to wear shorts, wear shorts. want well, wear a hat, wear a hat. Just come. Amen. Yeah. But yeah, you still feel uncomfortable because you have not yet learned you're a child of God. You belong in church. Where you don't belong is the club. Where you don't belong, it's not the barbecue getting drunk. Yeah. Yeah. See, but, you, but, but see, people want to argue. Ah, oh, well, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I, could, I could do that and still be a Christian. See, it's an identity issue. It's not a sin issue. It's that every day you get up and Satan brings that. Not, you're not God's child. You're this. You're just so-and-so from South Sac. You're just so-and-so from Oak Park your family was this, you're that. And so when God starts calling you higher, you like come to church, like being a part, like going forward with the people of God, it's a struggle for you because you just hear the enemy. You're not a son of God. You're not a daughter of God. You're just, you're from South Sac. You're just this, you're just that. Amen. And you'd never admit it. You'd never walk around owning those 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 titles. But you still act like you are one. Because Satan's greatest weapon is his words. So what I got to do every Sunday when I come in here, I got to do my best to expose those words and give you new ones. Because how did Jesus come back to him? Satan pulls out his biggest weapon. It's a question. See, if we would have made the movie, Jesus would have said, be quiet, zapped him with something, right? Would have got down in an Ultraman stance. It would have been been dope. It would have been dope. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus quotes, listen, Scripture. It is written. Now, here's here's the great thing about this. Jesus doesn't come back to him with his own words. He comes back to them with the words of the Father. That have already been written. You know what that tells me? He studied. He studied the scriptures. And when Satan came with his greatest weapon, Jesus used his greatest weapon. You have that same weapon. You got it. But you don't use it because you don't value it. We'd rather watch TV. We'd rather go to the movies. And I love all those things. We'd rather do four hours of of, uh, pretending like you an army man in a video game. (laughs) Is your life that bad (laughs) that you got to pretend you're something you're not? Uh, You spent four hours on the thing? Neglecting. Listen, neglecting the greatest weapon you got, which is God's word. And God's word wants to come and erase everything they called you as a kid. Everything your your life spoke to you that you were. Y'all know those messages that life sends at you. Don't raise your hand, but anybody here that was ever uh, abandoned by your parents, what does that tell you? What does that speak to you about when you're a kid? I'm not good enough. Why didn't he stay? Why didn't they work it out? Wasn't I worth it? And you know what? We grow up with those things. I counsel people in their 40s still believing that lie. Why didn't my dad do this for me? Where was my mom? Why didn't she love me? Guess what? That is the same weapon Satan's just keep using and using and using. When will you stop nursing that wound and take out your biggest weapon and shoot that lie down? My prayer is it's this Sunday you begin to start because you're getting punked. You're getting stolen from. You're getting robbed from because Satan just keeps telling you lies. And he tells you lies that go against God's word. So Jesus comes to the earth. He's the son of God. Satan comes and says, you're not the son of God. And he attacks his identity. He does the same thing to you and I. Well, I'm just a single mom. No, you more than that. Don't label yourself that. I, I understand what we're saying. I understand. But you're so much more than that. Well, I'm just, you know, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't get an education. You're still, you're much more than that. Don't let Satan attack your identity. Here's, here it is right here. Learn who you are and stop Agreeing with the adversary. Stop agreeing with him and start agreeing with God. Amen? Amen? But here's the problem some of us are so ignorant to his word, you don't know who you are. So, can I help you today? Can I help you today? Yes. Only three people want help. The rest of y'all still mad because I called somebody a hood rat. Let me help you because see, this is your greatest weapon. You got to know what God's word says. Look at John chapter three, verse one. First thing you got to know is you're a child of God. Now we throw that around a lot, but get think about what that really means. John three one uh, says this: "Behold, what manner?" First John three one, it says, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God." What honor? See, John's saying, man, y'all don't get it. It's an honor. It's an honor. You are heirs to the throne. Princes and princesses to the king of kings. Everything daddy has, you have. But guess what? You don't believe it. You don't believe it. You're still crying because I had a tough upbringing, pastor and I get it, but when are you going to start using the word of God and building your identity on who God says you are, not your experiences? When are you going to do that? Because until you do that, you're just going to get stole from every day. Every blessing that God's trying to give you is getting snatched up. I just spent this last week with Pastor Charles up at the Thrive Conference, and I love going there every year, but he said something uh, this week that really just shook me and I thought I would I would share it with you. And one of the things he talked about that people have to do, have to have to start doing is stop rehearsing their hurts. Did you know the mind when it thinks on something, it cannot distinguish what is real and what is not. So that means this every time you relive a a situation that was traumatic in your mind, your body receives it as if it's happening again. When they monitor heart rates and effects of the body on your thoughts, your body begins to receive the signal, I'm being molested again. I'm being abused again. That's why some of you, when you dream, you wake up and it's just like you were running 10 laps because why? Your mind's reliving it. But you know what? Some of us, We stay doing that over and over and over again. So can I just tell you something today? We got to stop rehearsing our hurts. let me tell you, the reason that's hard to do, you guys ready for this? This is what Pastor Charles said. He said, the reason that's hard to do is because people love sympathy. You like being the victim. You like being the damaged little girl that everybody can come and go, oh, I'm so sorry you, you, you dealt with that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Here, let me give you a hug. Let me give you a hug. I'm going to be praying for you. Listen, I don't mean to be insensitive to that, but here's what Pastor Charles said. Beware of sympathy. It's like a drug. It's like a drug. And some of you hang on to your hurts, Because you like what it's bringing you now. What it brings you now is sympathy. Everybody feels sorry for me because I'm the broken little girl. I'm the broken guy. So we bring it up. We dig it up. And everybody in your relationship, oh, the people in the relationship with you, oh, they hear it all the time. They can't stop hearing it. Why? Because you're just trying to get that sympathy from them. Sympathy, sympathy, it's a drug. But here's the other danger of sympathy. It takes the fight out of you. When you're eating and drinking in the sympathy that feels so good to your soul, oh, I'm so sorry. Guess what leaves you? The fight. Guess what you need to get out of the pit? The fight. So today you need to make a decision. You want more sympathy or you want to get out of your situation? And you got to make that decision and quit rehearsing the wounds and quit running to people that lick those wounds. This is why some of you won't get close to my wife and I. Smile at me, smile at me. We love you, Pastor. But you'll go tell your problems to the knucklehead that comes to this church on Sundays only. And you'll open up to them. Oh, we're just really going through it in our marriage. Well, why are you telling them? Because they can't help you. But you wanna know why you're telling them? Because they'll give you sympathy. It's okay, it's okay, buddy. It's all right, it's gonna be okay. And while he's getting sympathy, he's kind of enjoying this right now, too. (laughs) While he's getting sympathy, He's not changing. He's feeling a little better. It is helping him feel better. But the marriage ain't changing. Nothing's changing. But see, you don't want to come to me because I'll help you. You won't go to maybe one of the other leaders. You'll go to the one in the back, way over there, who just shows up and leaves early, and you'll talk to them about all your problems. And guess here's the here's the deception. You leave their presence feeling good, but nothing changes. Here's the flip side of that. You come talk to me. I may have to hurt you to help you. It's like getting a muscle or your back adjusted. They got to hurt you to help you. We got to crack something real quick, and then you're going to feel like a million bucks. When I was in Thailand, uh, when I was in Thailand, I was in Indonesia, and I got an Indonesian massage. That sounded all exotic to me. It, 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 it wasn't. It was basically, they're gonna beat you up. They, they brought out tools to do this, like, like big old spoon things and laying them in my. I, I kid you not, I screamed my head off. I was like, ah! I thought the dude would stop. I thought he would stop if I yelled. He didn't. You know why? Because it's a part of it. He's like, oh, okay, good. I got the good spot there. Okay. But I felt so good the next day. You know what? That's kind of how help is. That's kind of how help is. Sometimes the person that is helping you has to hurt you before they help you. But if you're led by feelings, guess what? You just want to feel good. You're going to tell your your problems to somebody that can't help you, is not who God put there to help you. And you're going to walk away with a good feeling, but no change. Are you guys tracking with me? And that's the problem. Yeah, give God some praise for that. I think that's. I think, I think that's a good thing you've got to understand and not fear, okay? We've got to get rid of this addiction to sympathy, all right? Now, understand this. Sympathy has its place. It has its place, okay? But when you get addicted to it, it zaps your fight right out of it. Now, I don't want to paint the picture that my wife and I don't ever give sympathy. That's not true, We give sympathy. And after we help you make, we help make you feel better, we're now going to give you tools and we're going to ask you questions and we're going to give you responsibility to change it. That's the part nobody wants, but that's the part that will give you a new life. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me just give you a few things that Satan uses to control your mind real quick and and, and I'm done here. Are y'all getting something today? So listen, we're going to renew our minds because Satan attacks your identity. But then the second thing that he attacks, uh, that he came to Jesus to attack here, listen to this. He attacks the father's plan. Satan came at Jesus with three different questions. And when you read the story, he first came and he said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. If you're the son of God, cast yourself off this temple and have the angels come. And then he gave the last thing. He said, if you're the son of God, I'll give you all. No, the last one wasn't, wasn't an if. The last thing was this. If you would bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. What was Satan trying to do? You know what Satan was trying to do? He was trying to compromise with Jesus. He threw two blows. Jesus answered back with God's word. Boom, boom. Satan goes, oh, man. I can't beat him. But if I can get him to compromise on his destiny, I win. So here's what Satan does. Satan basically says this, Jesus, I know why you came to earth. You came to earth to to, to redeem mankind. You came to earth for all these nations here. Satan takes him up and shows him all that. He says, I'll just give it to you. Just worship me. You know what he was saying? I'll give you your destiny without sacrifice. I'll give you your destiny without a cross. He comes to you the same way. That's the, kind, that's the reason why I'm the kind of pastor that I am. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta challenge you, I got to poke you sometimes. Come on, man. Don't be like that. We're not that church. We're not that church. I, I, I got I to aggravate you sometimes. I got to challenge you. Why? Because you need to understand something. And what you need to understand is this. Being a Christian comes with sacrifice. And then I need to teach you something else. Sacrifice is good. It's good. Some people want to serve God, but the minute there's a sacrifice involved, they're out. They'll go to church, but when you sacrifice, I ain't coming no more. But listen, that's what Satan came and did. Satan came and he said, I'll give you everything you're wanting, to, wanting from God. Just do it my way. Some of you, he's been doing that to you. You actually think you're fulfilling God's will because you're the path you're on Seems like it's taken you to where you believe your destiny is. But you're doing it without hearing and heeding God's word. And can I tell you something about God's plan for your life? You can't figure it out. You can't. The Bible says his ways are higher than your ways. I wish we could figure it out. When God called me at 19 to be a pastor... One of the greatest things I ever did was just realize, I don't know what I'm doing. And if I'm going to get there, I just got to listen to his voice. But you know what? We don't all do that. We formulate plans in our mind. Oh, God wants me to do that. Oh, okay. Hmm. How do I do it? I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over there. Oh, I got to go to college. I got to get that degree. I got to go here. And then I'm going to go here. And we, we put it all in. And guess what happens? We leave the voice of God behind. We leave the sacrifice behind. I've seen really good people do this. Really good people. And you know why? Because they think Jesus is all task oriented. He's not. He's relationally oriented. What gives God glory is not that I reach my destiny, but that I reach it with him. That we do this together. That's why in the book of Revelation, The people got up. They came to the throne. And Jesus says, I don't know you. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus, we built churches in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick. He says, nah, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, that's a scary thought because he's not saying that to sinners. He's saying that to church people who went on missions trips, who built churches, he says, I didn't know you because you took the task over the relationship. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be me. And I don't want it to be you. So guess what we got to do? We got to renew our minds. We got to get the word inside of us. Do you know when you crack open your Bible, you're spending time with Jesus. Jesus. The Bible is Jesus on paper. That's what it is. You want to spend time with Jesus? I know you imagine this thing. He's in his word. Read it. Read it out loud. Change your voice if you want to, like it's Jesus's voice. Do whatever it takes. Seriously, whatever it takes. Speak to me, Jesus. Do whatever. Okay, change the voice, whatever, but spend time with him and let's renew this thing. Because you can't go another day without your mind getting renewed. Amen? We gotta stop doing it. And we've gotta understand this you need His voice to get you to your destiny. You need it. If you could figure it out, you wouldn't need God. And some of you guys, you guys have planned your lives out so incredibly, you just didn't ask God about those plans. It seems like it's working. But listen, God's not interested in just the destination. God is the fun friend in the car on the road trip of life. Y'all have one of them fun friends? You remember taking road trips back in the day? Most people are asleep, but you got that one friend. He's your co-pilot, controls the radio in the front. What's the co-pilot's job in a road trip? Control the tunes and bring the snacks. And keep the driver awake and alert. Amen? That's Jesus. He's there. He's ready. Let's go. And you just telling him, nah, be quiet. I got this. Listen, that is not what this thing is about. We got to renew our minds. Hey, everybody. Pastor Sergio here. and We just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.